0: Taking a little evening stroll by myself for the first time in a very long time. You know, for the last 20 years, I've taken a walk, about an hour long walk or two hours, sometimes more, just about every single night. When I was working nine to fives, kind of a necessity, you know, because I've been doing basically office work for 14 years. And then you have the whole evening to yourself, so I would, take an hour or two to to walk by myself every night. And then uh, working this job though, you know, one, I'm just, I get so much exercise at work. It's not, it's not the kind of consistent walking that I like like this, where I just go out and I just walk as long as I want to, but I'm running around this giant store. You know, I've finally just gotten comfortable saying I, I'm actually the manager of two stores. The sign out front says two stores. They're partitioned off. It's a giant building, and each each of the stores is the size of a full-size store. You know, I had a friend who came by the store a couple months ago who had heard about it, and was just shocked, like, oh, I didn't realize you managed this whole place and the sign out front says like two great stores one great price you know it's one company but it's two completely separate stores in a giant building so i'm i'm rushing around at full speed all day so i get enough exercise but the other thing is like working the schedule of you know it's now been close to nine straight weeks six day weeks 10 hour days And before that, you know, alternating between five days, five 50-hour weeks, whatever, and 60-hour weeks here and there. And because of that, though, it's like when I'm home, one, I don't have the time, like working that kind of schedule. I don't have the time to just go for long walks every night. And two, I try to spend as much time with Batty as possible, so I don't go on my solitary walks. So tonight is a first in a very long time. And it's also, dare I say, a very reflective walk. Because they let us know yesterday, I went into work. And it was interesting, it all kind of felt right. Where I got there super early, you know, I'm normally there about 10 minutes before other people start getting there. I just kind of get things open and rolling. You know, I get there about 40 minutes before the store opens. And I got there the way earlier, and I saw that the only two other guys who have been there from the beginning, there's only three of us, me and these two 25, 26-year-old guys. One of them is my lead on one side of the store, because I'm the only manager. I'm the only manager of both stores. And the closest thing I have to another manager is this kid who's about 25, who's a lead. You know, he has keys to the building. He has access to the safe. He has the authority to delegate tasks, but he's he's really not a manager. He had the opportunity, for sure, here. And he, he stepped up a lot. But ultimately, he never became a, a full-on manager. And I, I'm using past tense for reasons I'll get into. But, uh great kid. I mean, like, I really, I love this kid, and I hope to stay in touch with him, but just, there wasn't enough time for him to actually step up into a true management position, but he's been the closest thing I've had to an assistant manager, but in reality, I've, I've been manager, assistant manager, all in one the entire time, and then the other guy who got there is my warehouse guy, who... He's like the second highest paid guy there after me. He, uh, you know, shows just a ton of initiative. Just the best guy in the world. I I wouldn't have stayed this long if I didn't have him. He's just been phenomenal. Shows a lot of leadership skills even though he's not expected to. Keeps the place orderly. Does far more than just run the warehouse. I love this kid. But those guys were already there because I told the warehouse guy, Oh, we have a... It was the day when we transfer furniture up to our uh, delivery warehouse and he was off the day before so I had messaged him saying, hey, we're going to have, there's going to be a few things, a few more things to get ready tomorrow than usual kind of thing and so he showed up early for that and so they were there, the two guys I've depended on from the beginning. There's nobody else. The the, only, the closest person is this girl who's been kind of a hassle. She's been there since the beginning of April. But as far as the people who were there when the store opened in February, it's just us three guys. And we were the only ones there first thing in the morning, close to an hour before opening. And then one of my bosses, the general manager, who only stops by about once a week, he was already there. You know, he does, he lives in the area, and he does stop by, you know, like I said, about once a week, sometimes twice a week. But it's been a long time since he was already there in the morning, so that was a little weird. But we just got things running like usual, got the store open, and then the vice president of the company came, and I report to him, you know, I report to the general manager with anything, like the furniture stores are basically run by the general manager, The liquidation, the general merchandise store, is run by the vice president. He runs all those. So I report to both of them about different things. But uh, a little while into the morning, the vice president showed up and, you know, they've been coming by. Like, we did some reorganization last week, changed some things around. So the vice president was there to help with that last week, but they both showed up and I don't know, there's been kind of a feeling in the air and a little while into the morning they were like, Eric, can we meet with you? And I was like, sure, of course. And I was like, either they're going to tell me I'm not doing a good job, something to that effect, which I had no reason to believe, or there's something else going on. And so they met with me and they were like, the lease is up. At the end of this year, you know, the store is just not doing the numbers we need it to do for it to make sense to pay higher rent. So we made the decision yesterday that we're just going to close this location. And they said, you know, there's a chance we might find a smaller location and open another store down here. And, uh, you know, but it's very touch and go but they were like you know you've busted your ass here you know it's it's not a reflection on you at all you know basically they're really happy with me and they were like and we would love it if you stayed with the company you know we could find a position for you you know you might not have the same position you have now but you'd make the same money they asked me like which of the two stores i run i prefer so just kind of considering their options that you know we have a store about a half hour away so they were like you know if nothing else you could do something there but uh basically you know they they value me and even though this store didn't work out they want to keep me with the company And then we went through this process of calling each employee in to tell them the news, and there were a few other people that got a similar offer, where they were like, you know, if you, you know, if if we don't open another store down here, we could find you another position at one of our other stores or something else with you, because, you know, you've proven yourself kind of thing. The other people who they have no intention of giving other jobs to, they were like... You know if you stay on until the very end of this store we'll give you a thousand dollar bonus so there's incentive because i would never considered this before you know this whole process has been a learning experience being in a brand new industry but uh, yeah like when you're doing a closeout sale because effective yesterday we have a bunch of signs saying closing sale So, you know, morale is obviously an issue at that point. People who are already there are like, well, my job is going to end. So they'll jump ship before it actually ends, which makes total sense. You know, my job is going to end at the end of the year. I better start looking for something. Um, So they're incentivizing people to stay until the very end by offering them a $1,000 bonus, which, you know, a lot of these people make minimum wage. So giving them a bonus is nice it gives it's a good incentive but it was an interesting day because they were there you know it was very solemn but you know i i felt an immediate sense of relief because this has just been so unsustainable for me i've loved so much of it you know because this store manifested out of thin air at the perfect time for me like i was looking for a brand new opportunity you know, you you reach your late 30s like I am now, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to just be doing the same sorts of things forever, you know, there's a lot of security to that, to just being like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna work in this profession, I have this skill set, but, you know, you get to be this age, you know, late 30s, and you're like, you know, it's hard to shake yourself up, it's hard to find something, I mean, one, you don't have the, um, don't have the experience and the credentials, like, you've put all of your, your skills and experience into certain jobs that it's hard to just, like, you can't just go from being a project manager to a store, a retail store manager. Um, So it was a very unique opportunity, and it's strange, too, because I actually, it was the first job I applied to when I was starting my job search. And I remember telling a friend, I was like, yeah, I applied to this furniture store. I I don't even think I knew it was a retail store. I was like, I applied to this furniture company. I had no idea what it is. And it was the only job I mentioned to anybody. I applied to other jobs, I had other job offers. But it was the first job I applied to and the only one I mentioned to anybody. And I actually applied to the warehouse position. The one that the guy I mentioned filled. And the warehouse position too, it was... It was going to pay me less than I wanted. And truth be told, like, it's, it's been... I haven't had a warehouse job since my mid-20s. I don't mind. I like warehouse work. At this point in my life, I wouldn't want to do it all day. You know, I, I, I could easily do something else, but I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna apply to this and just, cause I've taken that approach to job hunting in the past and it's always worked out for me. Like I've applied to be a marketing assistant and ended up being a manager, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, so, you know, it's happened like, you know, at least three different jobs where I've applied to a, for a completely random position and either been hired for that position, and soon soon thereafter offered something else, or I've just been hired on to do something else. Once they talk to me and see what I'm all about, so you know, I, I rec- I've, I've told younger people that I, I work with now, like take that approach. You know, don't just look when you're looking at jobs. Don't just don't just think that you're applying for the job that's listed. Cause they might well have another need they're gonna be looking for if not now then soon and once they see what you're all about you never know what you're gonna end up doing there And a lot of times that's not gonna happen but depending on who you are and what the place is it very well might but anyway like I remember they had they brought me in and I you know I, I was doing a lot of interviews actually more than I've ever had at once, and I also felt very relaxed about it, like, at any other time in my life, I'm so nervous about job interviews, I'm always like, oh my god, I'm going to an interview, oh my god, you know, just the normal nervousness you'd experience, it was fun this time, like, obviously, there was a a certain, what, what it was is, like, the morning of the interview, this round, this last round, I would wake up feeling a little nervous, but it's the sort of nervousness you have like anytime you have an appointment. Like if I have an appointment of any kind, like I feel a certain anxiety, not even about the appointment itself, just the fact that there's something I have to do today. And so doing these interviews, that's how I felt. Like when I was in the actual interview, I've never been more relaxed. I was like, this is just a strange, I get to have a strange conversation about myself And uh, it came down to where like I was offered another job with uh, a completely different company. And uh, this job, and I was like, you know what? Like all the signs point to this one. You know, this was that first job I applied to. It was the only one I mentioned to anybody. I applied to the warehouse position and I got a message from, somebody in the company who was like, hey, you know, we already filled the warehouse position, but based on your job experience, like, we actually are looking for somebody with your exact experience for another position. And it turned out they never even interviewed, like, they never even made a job posting. It was for the administrative assistant post. And I've done things like that. But they were like, you know, they come in, you know? And it turned out I was, they never made a job posting for it. They never interviewed anybody else. It was like that position was simply meant for me. And then two weeks in, they fired the manager and promoted me. So it's like, it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about where I applied to be a warehouse worker and it was going to pay a little bit more. I mean, it wasn't like a total minimum... It wasn't like a minimum wage warehouse job in the Trader Joe's warehouse. It was going to be like a, a slightly... You know, slightly better warehouse sort of job. But still not, not completely what I was looking for financially. But I was open to it. Just to do something else. Just to do something. And uh, so it's like I applied for a warehouse position. Was offered a different position that they didn't even have a job posting for. Her. And then two weeks into that position, I was offered yet another position. So it's, it's what I'm talking about, where you never know. You can never take the mindset that, like, I'm just going to do this. You never know. But you have to kind of use your gut. But this store, it was a brand new store. This company has a couple other stores up north, and they decided to open one down here. It's, it just sort of manifested and felt right. Um, But, you know, it's been just such an ordeal. It's been just a steep, steep mountain every step of the way. Every step of the way, it's been an ordeal. And since hearing the news, you know, that they're going to be closing it and everything, you know, my initial thought was relief. Because Monday night, the night before this all went down... I was there an hour and a half after close, the longest I've ever been there, just walking at breakneck speeds, like moving our warehouse guys off that day. So I was moving this furniture into the warehouse, having to do my normal paperwork, having to do quality assurance because I have to review all of our furniture orders at the end of the night to make sure that they're done right. I have to balance the books, do all that stuff so i I was there for an hour and a half just rushing around and these crackheads were outside screaming and it's dark out now at that time so like there's these crackheads outside screaming and like the the kid who works as a lead under me he was gonna leave a little earlier than me and then right before he left he's like you know they're they're standing right in front of the front doors now And I was like, fuck, I'm gonna be here by myself for at least another half hour or 45 minutes. And I could see their bike parked out right in front of the front doors. And so there's just these two crackheads, like a man and a woman, I believe, just standing there in front of this, in front of our store. It's in a very isolated area. And so I just called the cops. The cops came and just scared them away. But I was just like, fuck. I'm like, here I am, it's, it's almost eight months into this job, and I, I, I've, I've still found no stability or relief. This is, this, you know, felt unsustainable months ago. I'm still having constant personnel and staffing issues. It's, it's still extremely difficult to get things rolling here. And I'm just, I'm working harder than ever. I can't find reliable people. uh, I'm I'm still right here with no end in sight. And, you know, a while ago there were some problems going on in the store that were outside of my control. And I told myself like, I'm going to try to make it to the end of summer. You know, I'm going to try to make it to the end of summer and see how I feel. And I made it there and i've what i've learned in this job is every time things feel like they're heading in the right direction a day later they fall apart and what that results in is is you just end up hopeless and not like not some sort of depressive hopelessness you just you stop hoping for good things to happen you start just thinking oh every time that i start thinking positive Every time I start thinking, as much as I am into my own form of positive ideation, every time I do that here, the wheels fall off again. In new and unexpected ways. And, like, there have been some new personnel issues that have been, like, starting to come to a head. And I was like, it doesn't seem to matter who I bring in here. One, it's really hard to find anybody at all. But two, like, when I do find good people, they cause problems. Their shadow emerges. So that was Monday night. I'm just like, all these things are coming to a head. The wheels are falling off again. Every time a good thing happens, four negative things happen. I'm staying later than I've ever stayed. Like... My feeling was like, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this, you know, much longer. I don't want to do something else, but I'm not going to be able to do this much longer. At some point, I have to get a break. You know, I've had one day off per week for the last nine weeks. I just can't keep doing this. And then the next day, they broke the news that they're planning to close the store. And so I I felt a wash of relief. You know, the the way they were very careful in how they broke the news to me. You know, it affirmed for me, because my bosses are the kind of guys where they don't give a lot of positive feedback. But they're also not very critical of me either. They tell me what needs to get done, I do it. And I've never failed to do it when they need it done. And I've never complained about anything, even when I could. But because they don't give you... They don't... They don't give you positive affirmation either. And I'm the kind of person, though, where I don't need that. Like, my whole thing is, if I'm going to bust my ass this hard, just don't be a dick to me. And if you're not a dick to me, I assume that you're happy with what I'm doing. And that's... Turns out that's what the, the truth has been. That's the truth. You know, yesterday they... When they broke the news, you know, not only did they acknowledge how hard I busted my ass, you know, they told me they want me to stay with the company at my current rate of pay, you know, and I don't think they were just saying that, you know, I'm always careful, like, maybe they're trying to soften the blow, who knows, but it's not a blow. And uh, they didn't tell everybody that. They made it very clear which people at my store they appreciate and want to continue to have on on the company's team and which ones they don't um, you know and I felt sad for the people who you know they uh, they're gonna have uh, a tougher time at when all said and done. Like, some of the people who they don't want to keep on in any capacity, you know, those people are going to have a tough time. They're working minimum wage jobs. They haven't done a great job. They haven't been that dependable here. I've been lenient maybe when I shouldn't be. And so they're going to face situations where they're going to go work at places under other bosses who might not be as cool but really they have themselves to blame for that and it's kind of sad knowing that some people you know just uh i don't know it's kind of sad knowing that like those people are going to go on and didn't have didn't leave on a strong note but anyway You know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. The nice thing is it's gonna be, as of right now, it looks like it's gonna be about two and a half months of closeout. We're just gonna run crazy blowout sales for the next two and a half months until the store closes. The lease is supposed to be up at the end of the year and I hope that it stays, I hope it stays close to that. You know, if they have the building until the end of the year, you know, they have no reason to close the doors sooner cuz they're paying rent might as well try to make money but uh you know yesterday I was on kind of a high about it and you know it feels like a lot of things a lot of things have been kind of happening lately where last Friday I found out that like some guy canceled my energy account and my Xfinity uh internet account and registered them in his name at my address. And I looked him up, he had a very unique name and he's just like a, a random black dude in Texas. Certainly doesn't live at my house. So either it was a mistake, like he registered for accounts and typed in the wrong detail. And I guess the way those work is, If you register an account at a certain address, it automatically cancels the previous tenant's account, which makes no sense that it would be that easy to screw someone's account up. Either that or I was hacked, but either way, like, two of my accounts... I found out about the internet one last month, but I guess at the same time, this guy had registered with the electric company, and I I didn't find out until I got mail a few days ago last week. That account was also cancelled, so I had to fix that this week Um, I have the insurance guy You know because my house insurance is still uh, under my mom's name and I haven't wanted to change it You know, I know I need to but I just haven't wanted to change it. It's just such an ordeal I'd rather just I mean I paid it consistently But I don't really want to deal with the hassle of that And so that guy contacted me and, you know, needs to take pictures of the roof. He's like, aerial photos showed something on the roof. And, you know, of course, like, if they're gonna insure the house, they wanna make sure there's no structural issues. They wanna make sure that they're insuring something that's being taken care of. The aerial photos, it just showed debris, tree debris, because I live in the woods. It was just tree debris, from uh that i had cleared in june so these aerial photos are obviously from before june Um, but uh so i'm not that worried about it but just you know i haven't had to deal with anything related to my mom's death in a while the practical matters just a couple lingering ones that are important but i just i want to be on more stable ground before i deal with them i need to be on more stable ground so like that guy, you know, cause it's like, man, I have to talk to the insurance agent and let him do what he wants to do without notifying him that my mom's dead. And so I'm just like, that that happened the same day I found out that my utilities accounts got canceled. And I think that was the same day that this shit was going on in Israel. Israel got attacked, which is a major event, of course. I'm not invested in it but it's obviously something that's overtaken the global consciousness so it's just a a lot of stuff at once just seems to be kind of coming to a head and then sure enough that's followed by the news about the store but you know i felt good about it yesterday i'm just like something had to change and it takes a lot of the pressure off me because i've just i've been doing everything i can to make this store successful, and I've had so much stacked against me, and I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who, you know, some people are very paranoid, and, you know, you know, they, they just have this attitude that everyone's working against them all the time, the odds are stacked against them, they manufacture this adversity. I'm not that way at all. I feel, honestly, when I look at my life, that I've just kind of swam through life. And most of the problems I've had, I've created myself. And uh, in this case, though, in this store, like, I have not created these problems. I have been, I have had a steep climb and many, many obstacles that were not of my creation. And, uh, you know, so I'm just like, change, it takes the pressure off. I no longer have to worry about making this store successful. I'm still going to work as hard as I can until the day it closes, but that's a much different ball game than trying to make this new store last. Now I know it's not going to last, and I can just focus on doing as good of a job as I can closing it out, closing it out strong without having to worry about all the normal pressure I was under. So that's good. All the personnel issues I was worrying about, like things were coming to to a head with this guy that I really like. But it's become clear he's taking advantage of the fact that I depend on him for a lot. And he's taking advantage of how cool I am about many things. Which is always unfortunate. I always hate that feeling. When I've been very cool to somebody and uh i start to realize oh no they're taking advantage of it because i'm not a good i'm not the kind of person you know i'm not the kind of person where you want to take advantage of my kindness or mistake it for weakness as the saying goes because once i'm done with you i'm done in most cases very few people if i really love somebody that's not true but with just the people who just come and go in your life like once i'm done i'm usually done no no hard feelings i'm just done i just detach from them and so there's a guy who and the problem with that though is i depend on him he's the only reason i have an off day um he's one of the salesmen under me and he can you know he's he can be in the furniture section by himself without me there he knows how to do everything and he's the only reason that uh I can take one day off a week because I have him there and so I, I appreciate him and he's very loyal to me. He he does everything I ask but he's just been doing many things that make it clear that he's his behavior is kind of out of control and uh, I, it's been kind of keeping me up at night that I'm going to have to address it. I've tried to nudge him because you know I always prefer to nudge people because if somebody nudges me I know exactly what they're doing and I respond. I change my behavior, I go, oh, they're nudging me. Like if my boss tells me to do something or not do something, that nudge propels me. This guy though, I've had to nudge him probably 20 times recently and it does nothing. And I'm like, man, this is going to have to be a much more serious conversation. And it could result in him quitting, which I don't want, because I actually really like this guy. That's the unfortunate thing is you can really like somebody and see all their good qualities, but they're, when they're doing things that are detrimental to the store or my position, doesn't matter how much I like them or how much good they do. But this just cleared the air of that. All of a sudden, I really don't have to worry about this guy. There are a couple other people, too, that I was worried about. You know, hiring has been such a problem. I cannot find good people. Or if I find good people, their dark side emerges. You know... I was saying to somebody yesterday after the news broke about closing the store. I was like, you know, when I actually look back at this whole experience... I was like... This place is really fucking fun. The only thing that's a problem is staffing. You know, everything else. Like, dealing with customers. Like, I could deal with the angriest customer in the world. And go home and not think about it. I could be dealing with just day-to-day work stress. Like, if I make a mistake or something, it'll bother me. If I make a work-related mistake. Even if my boss isn't upset. It'll still bother me. But... I don't go home with it. What I go home with is personnel issues. It's the people who work for me. And it's funny, I feel like I deserve this in a way. Because uh, when I got this job, you know, like I said, retail has been brand new to me. There's been a whole new frontier. And I said to a friend of mine, I was like, this is going to be really cool because... We're going to be dealing with crazy customers all day, every day. I've never had a job. Like, I've had jobs where I do customer service to some extent. I've had jobs where I work with clients. I've never had a job though where I work with the public in a retail atmosphere where you just have hundreds of people every day. And so I said to my friend when I got the job, I was like, you know, this is going to be fun because all of us who work for the store are going to be on the same team against the customers. Not against them. But it's going to be us on the same team every day, so we're going to we're going to be unified. Couldn't have been more wrong. Oftentimes, it's as if the customers don't exist, and the personnel, the staff, just collapses inward. You know, gossip, drama, misgivings, competition, rivalries. It's just been a nonstop mess. Of interpersonal bullshit between people of of just bad behavior and I've done everything I can to instill discipline I've done everything I can to kind of set the tone and it just it isn't enough I don't know how much of it is that industry I don't know how much of it is the times we live in but it's been the reality and uh, you know so those were some famous last words oh we're all gonna be on the same team, dealing with crazy customers all day. No, nope, not at all. There's gonna be factionalism. These people who work for me are gonna break off into their own little faction against that faction. They're gonna snipe at each other. They're gonna have petty grievances. They're gonna to come to me about it all day, every day. They're gonna complain. It's gonna be the boy who cried wolf every day, all day. Um, But that's all done now. You know, it'll be kind of hard to keep the store, the morale up. It'll be kind of hard to, to enforce any kind of discipline now that everybody knows the ship is sinking but I don't need to worry about the future now all I have to do is worry day to day all I have to do is show up and be there my bosses are going to be there way more but when I think about you know just this whole ride the place was kind of unmanageable from the start it was too big there just wasn't enough support and infrastructure they they put it in a weird location where like people who are out shopping aren't necessarily gonna find it. It's by a movie theater and another furniture store and a farm supplies store. It's not the kind of place where, cause what we needed is to be in a location where like someone who's out grocery shopping is gonna randomly see it and be like, oh, there's a discount store. Instead, it's by these kind of specialty businesses in a big, desolate parking lot. And we have tiny little signs. You have to be literally standing at the front of the store to see what's even inside. Tiny little signs that say what the business actually is. Virtually no marketing. The only marketing is like, on weekends we have a guy who holds a sign up on the corner and i do a couple facebook posts a day on the company page saying like here's what we got here's the sale we're running but i mean running a new store with that is the only real marketing is difficult and you know there's things that were done i'm not going to get into but there's things that were done and not done outside of my control the first few months because when things opened morale was high a brand new store my bosses were there every day everybody was well trained everybody was on the same page they were all good people for the most part and uh there was a conflict of interest going on that didn't directly affect me i'm not going to go into detail but there was a conflict of interest going on that really damaged morale the first few months once it became apparent and uh, it led to some really good people that I counted on quitting on bad terms and you know the thing is is like everybody who's ever quit is always like you know you're the best boss I've ever had like let's stay in touch but there's just certain things I, I just couldn't control that were going on in the company and things like that and uh, so I was really set back by that And it happened at a time where we really couldn't, a new store couldn't afford that. And then the company got caught up with some other, caught, uh, yeah, they got caught up with some other projects and stopped focusing on this store that had been only open for a couple months. And we really weren't getting the resources or guidance we needed. And when they finally were like, oh, we need to go give this store some guidance we really need to go get involved again. It was really kind of too, too little, too late. And, uh, you know, there've been moments where it seemed like things were picking up again, but like I said, you know, you end up with this kind of hopelessness where you're like, every time there's a glimmer of light, you just go, oh no, another wheel fell off, another hole in the boat opened up, but we just patched up that hole, another hole is right there, spurting water. It just happened continually. And it sucks, too, because, I mean, just recently, we've got probably the best crew we've had since we opened. I finally learned, like, what sort of people we really need to hire. And uh, we just kind of got that going. And interestingly, you know, the three of us who have been there from the beginning, you know, the company said they want to keep us on with the company in some capacity. But other than us three, the only other people offered it are newer people. But they've been the good new people, and it sucks they got hired at the end, but... um, They, uh... I feel like we're finally kind of getting the right crew in place. But I couldn't be too hopeful about that either. And I couldn't let myself be too confident in that, because like i said every time i'm confident about something it kind of falls apart at this place normally in life that's not how my life is normally like normally in life you know when i'm feeling good about something it doesn't fall apart i just kind of i kind of ride that momentum but in this case now in this store but i've kind of known you know I, I went into it knowing From the very beginning, from day one, I was like, if I can get my shoes off, um, I've gone into it knowing this is a new store and it might not be around for very long. So I'm gonna work as hard as I can to make sure it lasts as long as possible. But you have these kids working for you who aren't making much money. My incentive is different. And, you know, my, my level of responsibility as manager is different. And so, you know, I couldn't expect these kids and these people who are making minimum wage because they're either kids or they're if they're if they're not kids, they're fuck ups. Like if you're making minimum wage in a retail store, you're either really young and inexperienced or you fucked your life up somewhere or you like we had one lady who her husband makes a ton of money and she just wanted to get out of the house. But that presented a problem, too, because when things didn't go her way she was like i don't need this i quit because she didn't need it so either way like when you're when you have people making minimum wage which there's nothing against minimum wage jobs but when that's what you have when your employees are making minimum wage it's like it's very they're very they are very expendable and the job is very expendable to them Um, And you can't really incentivize them to care. Because, you know, I gave a couple speeches kind of, not even speeches, but I just held a couple meetings at times where I was like, listen, you know, this is a new store. And if we want this to be around, this place appeared out of nowhere and gave us all work, you know, so we have to really, you know put the the time and energy into it to make sure it lasts. And I think there's a certain amount of pride in that, no matter what your role is, I think there's a certain amount of pride in that of like, hey, we have an opportunity here to keep this place going, to make this place successful. And even if you're making minimum wage, even if you have the lowest job on the totem pole, like if you work hard and you're dependable, like other opportunities will present themselves. And you know, like the kid who became my lead he's an example of that he was the low man on the totem pole but he showed good judgment he had a lot of room to grow and learn and mature but he showed good judgment he was responsible and as a result he got promoted and got more money and as manager i'm always looking at that i'm always looking at people saying okay if this person leaves who would i promote to take that position Or if an opportunity comes where we're going to create a new position that's you know a second lead or something like that who would i choose so it's not that there it's a dead-end job you know if it doesn't matter how old you are how young you are if people prove themselves who knows where they'll end up and you know i'm proof of that to some extent too where i applied to a warehouse position like i said i got an administrative position And then I ultimately ended up being the manager of the whole store in a matter of weeks. And it's, you know, a good example of the, it's the cliche where I was the first person in the door every morning. I was the last person to leave. And while my bosses might've seen other qualities in me, I know that that was part of it. They were like, Hey, we can really depend on this guy. And if you can depend on somebody, if you can trust somebody you know you're willing to let them learn like because i didn't know how to run a retail store i still really don't there's still a lot that i i would have continued to learn if this store had lasted longer but i know that i'm sure part of what my boss has thought is we have a guy here who does everything we ask who uses good judgment who is responsible dependable first guy here every day last guy to leave Let's let's go with him and let him grow into the other stuff we need. And I had to grow fast, but still, I'm sure that was part of their logic. Like they could have hired somebody and said, oh, hey, we're gonna hire somebody with retail management experience. But it could have been like the guy who who was in that role before me where he's on fucking opiates. He's He can't even stay awake at work, you know? So you gamble. So you go with the person who might have room to improve in certain ways, but they're already doing what they need to do as far as dependability goes. So point being, though, like, it doesn't matter how low on the totem pole you are, you know, there's opportunity if you do the right thing. And so I was trying to, to teach these kids that where it's like, you know, if you show good judgment and maturity, who knows? You you know, you could be here a year and end up a, a manager in two years. You, you could, who knows what you'll end up doing here. This is a small company where people wear a lot of hats. We could create, this is a new store, we could create new positions for you. We're constantly changing things. None of this is set in stone, but I just couldn't really hammer that home. You know, we're living in this post-COVID era. A lot of these people are between the ages of, you know, 18 to 25. They've missed out on like vital years. They've grown up in this digital world. And, and I don't even, I'm not even criticizing that. I'm just saying it's the reality. They're living in a very different world. Um, and a lot of people disappointed me. I don't take it personally. I don't blame them. But one thing I've experienced continually is a lot of people have disappointed me. I thought by setting the right example, by showing that I'm your boss, but I'm gonna work harder than anybody here. I'm not just sitting behind a desk all day, you know, filing my fingernails. You know, I am, you you will see me do everything because I want to, because the day goes by faster, because I feel better when I go home at night. I feel better while I'm here if I do these things. And I would have employees, the people under me be like, you know when do you slow down like when do you you know you work too hard kind of thing and it's like well like one I want to and two like I also want to set that example I want I want the people to see not that I expect them to work as hard as me but I I want the, I want to lead by example but ultimately a lot of these people they just they just want to skate by not most of them, but many of them. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I was thinking on my walk, like, it's like the movie Saving Private Ryan, where, you know, it's World War II, there's this platoon of men, this squad of soldiers. And they're always saying, they're like, what is a, what does the captain do, whatever he is? Tom Hanks, he's the leader of this platoon or this group of soldiers, and they're in the shit. And they're always saying to each other, like, what does he do? Like, what, what was he doing before this? And it, later it comes out, like, they ask him, and he's like, I was a school teacher. And they're like, whoa. This guy who's like a hard nosed platoon leader leading them through battle, who's just totally committed to the battle, to what they need to do. Turns out he was just a, you know, a school teacher, like an English teacher, a sensitive guy and it's funny because like i don't share who i am personally really you know they the people who've worked for me like i feel like they've they've gotten to they know who i am as a person like i make jokes i talk about my dog you know things like that the basics but like they have no idea who i am outside of this they have no idea what i was doing before and you know i i feel like when all's said and done you know i'm going to tell some of these people like you know I'm an artist. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a weird artist. I'm a weird guy who draws and is, I don't I don't know that I'll tell him that, but it's like this I I'm envisioning this saving private Ryan sort of moment where it's like oh yeah, this guy who's been totally committed to selling furniture in one store and uh liquidated general merchandise in the other. This guy who's answering the phone, you know, hello, this is Eric. How can I help you? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like here's what I can do to help. You know this guy who's Mr. Customer Service, the guy who's who's hauling furniture back and forth, the guy who's just making sure this retail store functions is a weird fucking artist. And you guys had no you guys have no idea. But this has been a battle and you know for this role this is who you know in this role this is who i am but anyway i don't know i'm just kind of rambling um you know it'll be a question because you know even though they said like hey we might open another store in this area if we do we'll basically be starting from scratch but we'd like a few of you guys to be part of it but we we really don't know if we're going to do that but if we don't do that we'd like to like hire you guys maybe at this other store we have a half hour away you know who knows this is potentially two and a half months away what i realized is i really i it is a lot of fun if i didn't have to deal with all the bullshit of this new store and those obstacles i really enjoy working for this company like one of the things I was looking for, and one of the reasons I, I wanted to change, was I wanted to work at a place that was totally apolitical. Because all these offices I've worked for, all of the social, maybe it's this area, but I think it's just true of offices in general, educated people, is that like all of the political bullshit. Like, you know, this place I was working at a few years ago you know, we had to have a meeting, a company meeting and sensitivity training because a girl started working there who uses like Z and Zer pronouns. And that was, you know, years ago, and people talking about race. And I I mean, I worked at a place where the, the CEO kept a stack of Obama stickers. In 2012, he had a giant stack of Obama stickers he kept in the break room. And finally our HR person who was a lib too, but finally she told him like, you know, it's, it's just not a good idea to keep like a stack of Obama stickers in the break room. And, but those are the sorts of environments I was used to where it's just like lib dominated social politics, like discussions of race, discussions of like all of gender every fucking day because people just sitting at computers, people who got liberal arts degrees, which I have too. But that was that was what I've been dealing with. like, And I, I'm just like, I want to go do something apolitical. And I found it. This company doesn't give a shit about any of that. For Labor Day, we run a sale. For this holiday, we run a sale. There's no, like, this month we're honoring pride month for this month we're doing this oh for juneteenth we're doing this you know i have to make these facebook posts promoting the store never once have they said like acknowledge juneteenth it's just we're running a sale and so uh, it's it's been very refreshing because it's it's so different for me working at places and just being around people where that's just there all the time. And I'm not exaggerating at all. Like, maybe part of this is being on the West Coast, being in the Pacific Northwest, being in Olympia, Washington, but it's like, you just try to go do your job and the social politics that you try to escape from are there every single day. And so this place, this company maybe, has been incredibly refreshing. Because I know if you you could go, it's not retail, because you could go work at Target and you have to, like, practically wear a rainbow cape in June. But at this place, it's like, no, none of that. It's almost like it doesn't even exist. You know, and I really like my bosses. You know, They, I really respect and like my bosses. Like, so I have to consider, like, maybe I will stay with them. Even if I have to commute a half hour, I'd rather stay in this area. You know, a half hour commute's not the end of the world, not terrible. But I'd, I'd rather not go that far. But I at least might have an option, you know? At the end of this, like, I have an option. I'm going to get a bonus, they said, no matter what. No matter what I decide, I'll get a bonus. I have references. You know, I, it's always important, you know, to have current references. So it's like, based on what my bosses said yesterday, they have, they strongly appreciate me. So I I won't if I if I decide to do something else, you know, I won't hesitate to ask the vice president to be a reference, which is very great. Like, it's great to have the vice president of a company as your reference. And speaking of that too, like, I've told everybody who's worked there, save a couple. Even when they've quit and left me hanging, like even when they've annoyed me when they worked there, I tell them all like, use me as a reference. You know, use me as a reference. Because I know how much it sucks to have to ask somebody for that. Every job I've ever worked, I, I, build, I have so much anxiety over going, Oh, hey, is it cool if I use you as a reference? Because you never know if people are going to be weird and stingy. Like, even if you're a great employee, people get so fucking weird about that. So, as a store manager, especially having all these kids with limited job experience, I tell them all, use me as a reference. You know, I want to make it easy for them. I want to make it clear. And like only a couple of them have. But I want to make it clear. Like, I'm here to like, you know, in the future, you know, I'm not going to know you. But when you're looking for jobs, I want you to know that your previous manager is going to vouch for you and help you get work in the future. So I at least know that, you know, my current bosses, no matter what ends up happening, that, you know, sounds like I can count on them for that. You know, I might want to do something else. I might want to go back to an office. What I do know is I can't do this. I was telling one of the other guys, I was like, I know that when this is all said and done, if I continue working for this company, if I go somewhere else, I cannot do this. I cannot do unending 60-hour weeks in a store with this many problems. Um... But I kind of got what I asked for in many ways, because I remember, this is a few years ago, I was talking to my t- my friend Tommy in Sweden, and I was telling him, this is, I, don't remember, I don't remember how long ago this was, probably some years ago, I was just like pacing around, talking to him, and I was like, you know, whatever I do next, I was like, I'm going to fucking take it over. And he was like, oh, really? his swedish accent he's like oh really and i was like no i i am i was like whatever i do next like i'm gonna take over and that's what i did here i i took over this store sure it's not my company like i'm not the absolute authority but these guys gave me a store to run you know 60 hours a week for a year just about they just said here you go it would have been nice if they were involved a little more to help guide me and help just help me and i don't say that with any bitterness it would have ultimately helped me a lot if they were involved a little more than they were but they just handed me the keys and said here you go run this store and i had my own little fiefdom so i i took over And I I learned how to run a business, a lot of skills that I hadn't used before. I mean, a ton of them, but things like accounting, finances, you know, I, I, have done a lot with money, um. You know, I that kind of thing that really I hadn't done professionally. I really hadn't been involved in financial transactions like that. Um, a lot more math. Like, not not difficult math, but still a lot more math. You know, overseeing thousands of dollars. Transactions that were thousands of dollars. Approving credit for people. you know, things I just never imagined I would do. So, I mean, I'm grateful. Whatever ends up happening, I'm just like, this was a fucking cool experience. I got to know a bunch of Zoomers. Great ones. Kids that really proved to me that, like, people are so anti-Zoomer. I love Zoomers zoomers are great I I like zoomers more than millennials it turns out not that I need to compare them but it's like millennials are all you know my generation we're all caught up we were born on the 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 border between two worlds where it's like we're part of this digital generation but we grew up before it a little bit so we're we're still like kind of caught between it we're conflicted we have all this bullshit that goes along with that we've uh my generation has dealt with our irrelevant our fade into irrelevance very poorly like my generation we can't deal with the fact that we are now getting older and our moment of cultural relevance was really nothing not that not that it was nothing but it's like we didn't have nearly the cultural impact as gen, gen x you know, we kind of got washed away. The stream kind of just carried us away and washed over us. And we've dealt with it very poorly. Zoomers, though, you know, they have some of the same issues. But it's like, what I've noticed about them is they're very comfortable with the fact that they were just born with a phone in their hand. They're very comfortable with the fact that, like, they don't have the nostalgia complex that we have like they're just like oh yeah you know everything's fleeting everything's streaming they didn't grow up collecting things they do but not in the same way they're just kind of like i'm just i just have a phone and you know as much as i don't like that culturally I think for them, it's kind of, you know, it's not as bad as it sounds. Like, they just kind of are what they are. And I've learned that many of them are hardworking and responsible and old-minded, too. You know, it just depends on the individual. And I've gotten to see some of them prove themselves. I've seen others that are a waste of space, but I've learned that they're just like anybody else, and... I never thought that I'd have a relationship to kids who were born in 2002, 2005. I never thought that I'd be evaluating them as real human beings, not as peers because I'm their boss, but I never thought that I'd really be, that I'd have a human connection to somebody born in 2005 and get to know them and see what their strengths are, see, you know what they were all about, and I've had that opportunity many times here, and it's interesting. I've had the thought before, you know, I've said before, like, working at this place, I feel like I'm captain of the ghost ship, but I felt like I'm, I, my life kind of ended up in 2023, where it's me with this platoon of Zoomers, you know, I have a bunch of Zoomers under my command. And it, it feels somehow perfect. Like th- they have much different neuroses than millennials and Gen X have. And I, I don't know. I, I just fi- I find it interesting and, and fun to, th- to think of myself leading these kids. And it opened my mind. But ultimately, you know, I saw today, because yesterday I was kind of high on it. I was like, it's a change. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I might have to find a new job in two months. I might have to commute to another store with the same company in a few months. I have no idea what's going to happen. At the very least, I'm going to get a bonus and unemployment. Worst case scenario, I'm on unemployment for a little bit and I can breathe for a minute. I'm very frugal. I'm very um, responsible with money. I can kind of, I have a couple months to consider my options and if nothing else at the end of it, I'll be on on unemployment for a minute. I'll have great new references. I'll have a whole bunch of job experience that I've never had. Whatever I do after this will be boring. You know, this, this will be one of the most interesting professional experiences I've had, which is why I talk about it so much on here. Um, but, you know, it's it's not going to be a bad end for me. It's just going to be, uh, I'm going to look back fondly on this. But I think about the building and stuff and just everything that's gone down there, All all the emotions people have had. I've been very detached and unemotional. I have to be, but all these people who have worked for me, they've just poured their emotions out. I've i have seen a 53 year old black man cry. I've seen him with tears in his eyes, asked to go home saying he just couldn't be there anymore that day. A guy who was a Gulf war veteran and saw a kid with half his face blown off. I saw him cry because he was just so frustrated by something that was going on at work. I've seen, I've, I've gotten a window into all these people's lives and it all took place in this building with this giant stained glass altar in the warehouse. This this giant two-story tall antique stained glass window from an old Boston church that the building owner put back there. I. I this place is haunted. You know, and people who work there, they've joked for the, since it opened, like, this building is cursed. Every time something bad happens at the store, they're like, oh, it's the curse. It's the ghost. It's the... its This place is cursed. And I've been like, oh, no, don't think that way. You know, because I said on here, I was like, I've told people, like, this place is haunted. There's a ghost. And it's not a bad ghost, but it's not a good ghost either. This building isn't cursed. The building just there's something going on with this building, but it's not a curse. But I think businesses are a curse there. Like, this building has a long history of uh, businesses failing there. And uh, I was feeling, like, pretty high about it all, because I'm just like, hey, a new opportunity. I was going to have to leave this place at the end of this year if something didn't change. I was not going to be able to keep doing this. So the fact that now it's changing for me is a perfect situation. And the fact that I might have another opportunity with the company, I have options. Best case, that's the best thing that could happen. I'm not too worried about it. I have time to think about it. But. L- Before I left last night, we started putting out some of the signs that say closing sale. And I did start to feel sad. I was like, you know, just talking about it, the idea of it was kind of fun. Hey, we're closing. Okay. I don't have a choice. So I'm just going to do the best I can. I'm going to make sure we close out strong. But putting those first couple signs out that said closing sale, I was like, oh no, this is depressing. I'm starting to reflect and my warehouse guy saw it and he was like, that's a sad looking sign. And I was like, isn't it? And I just laughed because it's funny. It is sad, but it's also funny. And then today I saw on like the company Facebook page, they were like, they announced it. They're like, you know, our, our Lacey store is going to be closing. And like right away, like a hundred people, mostly women, commented. and they're like, no, I depend on your store. Your staff is so wonderful. Like, I hope you open another store in the area. Are you, are you guys just moving to another store in the area? Um, and like seeing that, I was just sad. I was like, oh, it's real now. It's real now. And it doesn't feel like a failure to me because I, I truly did everything I could. I did my best to strike a balance between the company's interests, between the my interests, the interests of the staff, customer's interests I really did my best to walk that tightrope between everybody's interests and I I put everything into it I sacrificed all of my free time I've never done that at a job I've never sacrificed my myself for a job like this and I didn't do it with a long-term plan in mind like I didn't do it to say like oh if I if I work really hard now I'm going to have a career here. I just did it because I wanted to. I just did it because it was what I was doing. So I'm going to leave this place knowing that like, I put everything into it. I did everything I could to make this place what it was while it was. And I've never felt that way before. And so, but then seeing the signs, seeing the announcement today and seeing the signs, I'm like, it's real now. They are, we are just closing. Doesn't feel like a fail, a personal failure for me. And I know that my bosses don't see it as a failure on my part. There was nothing I could do. But seeing the closing signs, I'm just like, yeah, this is sad. And it's made me reflect on all of the bullshit I've dealt with, all of the things that could have been done better by me, certainly by other people, by my bosses. It's made me think about it all, what the company could have done to better support us. But I'm not bitter, you know, there's no finger pointing, I'm just kind of aware of it. And uh, interestingly, like on the Facebook post, it's like somebody, a random customer responded and said, that building is cursed. And last I checked, it had like all these likes, like seven likes, like people in the area know that that building is cursed. And I found out too, like it it was completely empty. Like I knew that, like it was completely empty for years before we moved in. And I found out that in that time, like two corpses were found next to the building, probably just homeless people who OD'd, not murders or anything, but still like two corpses were found out front. You know, there is something about that building. And even though I don't see it as cursed, I see it as just, I see it as haunted. Something is going on. There, There's a crazy energy there. Like, people who are very sane, who work for me, have seen ghosts. Two different people have seen ghosts. They've heard noises. They've felt things. And... I, I'm pretty confident in my ability to sense these things. I've sensed it the whole time. I've been alone in that building at night. And I know I know that there's something there. And I'm going to miss that. You know, I'm going to miss that feeling. I'm going to miss that little chill. Like, I, I felt fine. But I'm going to miss that little chill. And I'm glad I have a little more time to spend there. Because even though some people might view that building as cursed... I see it as just that it's significant. There's some sort of significant energy here. I don't know why. I don't know how long it's been this way, but there's something significant here and something drew me here. That 53 year old black guy, you know, he hasn't worked for us for a few months. He worked in that building seven years ago and he, I mentioned it on here a while back. He, He was always muttering to me, this building, man. He's like the the old black hotel keeper. He's like the old night watchman at the hotel in the horror movie who's like, things have happened in this hotel. This hotel has secrets. That's what he was like. He was like the cliche old black guy who knew the secrets of the building, and he did. He's like I worked here seven years ago. I know this building, this building, man. But something drew him back. He lived 40 minutes away. Something drew him back to that building to work there something about me applying for a random to a random warehouse position at a new store that resulted in me getting promoted that resulted at first in me getting a position that basically only existed for me then getting promoted to store manager like something created that I was meant to do this something drew these particular people there at this time and uh, it's going to be sad when it's closed I'm going to I'm going to think about it a lot, but it, it was meant to be this way. I was meant to be captain of this ghost ship with a crew of primarily zoomers. And, uh, it'll be an unforgettable experience to say the least. So I'm happy. I'm not upset. And I feel a sense of relief knowing that it's coming to an end. When my bosses told me though, I was like, can we take the stained glass window with us? That was my first thought. Can we take the altar with us? But you know what? We don't need to take it physically. (laughs) Because the truth is that thing's fucking coming with me one way or another.